Welcome back to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppe. I am joined this week by one of my Gazette colleagues. I love to get the opposing beat writers' perspectives on these, and usually I have to look to another newspaper to do that. But with Cyhawk Week, I am pleased to welcome Rob Gray onto the podcast. Hi, John. Great to join you. Yes. So Southeast Missouri State probably can't take too much away from that game, but what were your overall takeaways of what this 2022 Cyclones team, what they could be? Well, I think the fact that they came out and wanted to get Hunter Deckers established right away in the first half, having him make an array of throws and all of almost all of which he was able to, to complete and, and look good while doing so, do I read into, I don't want to read into that too much, but I think this offense could be built to be a little bit more pass heavy than they have been in the past. And I think they feel that Deckers has the arm and the composure, even though it was his first uh, opening game start and uh, well, first start period. And, and, you know, just got his feet wet against Iowa last season, was a handful of games. Um, they're really high on him. And then when you got a guy like Xavier Hutchinson and then you sprinkle in Jalen Noel, you know, they, they think they're going to get more out of tight end despite losing Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen, you know, with an Easton Dean and Deshaun Hanneke scored his first touchdown. Uh, he'd been banged up. So mostly special teams guy. I think they feel like they got a lot of weapons and, and obviously against Iowa, one thing that the Hawkeyes always do is clamp down on the run. And one thing that they're sometimes vulnerable to is an offense that's going to try to stretch the field and use every inch of the field against them, uh, against their linebackers and secondary. So we'll see how that plays out on Saturday. But seeing Iowa State try to do that early and often with Deckers and then establish the run in the second half against, yes, uh, probably middling at best FCS program in, in Southeast Missouri State. Um, I don't know. Is it a harbinger of what's to come Saturday and beyond? They certainly gave uh, fans something to think about. Oh, yeah. And I think Purdue kind of creeps into Iowa fans' minds when you're hearing about, okay, pass-heavy offense. And David Bell obviously had a field day last year at Kinnick. And you look at the way that South Dakota State played, they really had a hard time establishing the run, and they've been historically a run-first team. So interesting to see. Maybe this could be a little more of a difficult matchup here for Iowa's defense. Well, it should be a more difficult matchup than an FCS South Dakota State team. But that'll be interesting to see. What are, have you noticed kind of on the defensive side of things? They really didn't try to do a whole lot other than prevent a lot of scoring <laughs> from, <laughs> from the Red Hawks. I mean, the pass rush was there, but they didn't have a sack. They had three tackles for loss, which is very low, very, very, very low for them. Will McDonald didn't play a whole lot of snaps. They worked a lot of two deep, three deep guys in there, um, continued to rush three pretty much all day. Uh, and, um, you know, they didn't show a whole lot. I, I think it was important for them to work a lot of guys in. They, they've said all, all fall camp that, that the, the number one and two corners on each side are pretty much interchangeable in terms of, starting potential and, and they played all four of them a ton and then we're able to work in younger guys and, and newer guys there as well and um i think it was very much a i don't know can can defense be vanilla i mean it was kind <laughs> of it, 
we don't know what we're going to have, but I mean, when you return the likes of Orion Vance with his experience at Mike or middle linebacker and Anthony Johnson moves from cornerback to, to, to basically your quarterback safety. And you got Will McDonald coming back and Isaiah Lee and, and they're high on a lot of the guys in, in that, in that defense. I mean, they should still be a pretty solid unit. Uh, and, but the, Sometimes you can throw out what each team is when the Seahawks game rolls around, but uh, didn't see, to recap, didn't see a whole lot. But based on track record and how they feel about the, the guys they've got, uh, they should be pretty strong at each level of the defense. A nice luxury to be able to not have all of your first teamers in for all of Week One. Something I was didn't quite experience last week. Interesting too, Will McDonald, if he's maybe a little more rested. That could be an interesting matchup against a questionable Iowa offensive line. Yeah, and I think, you know, they've, they've always obviously always got talent, but it feels like they usually have a little bit more experience as well on the offensive line, uh, the Hawkeyes. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Is, I, I, does Iowa State decide to really bring pressure on, on Petra? on Petrus and, and, uh, and, and try to get him to make mistakes given what he's done in his past seven games with the, with the one touchdown and eight interceptions. I mean, that would seem like something they'd want to do, but at the same time, they know how much Iowa wants to establish the run. That's very much their offensive identity. And based on what's been happening in the passing game, it probably has to be at least until they get some more guys back. Um, you know, I, they might take that approach, but I, I, you know, for, I think from, from a fan's perspective and Iowa State fan's perspective, they definitely like to see them mix in a variety of pressures to see if they can, for once, force a turnover against, uh, against the Iowa offense. And it's interesting that you bring up the turnovers because obviously that was a specialty for Iowa last season, leading the FBS in interceptions, but lost the turnover battle again, South Dakota State minus two. And that's really something that Kurt Ferentz highlighted that clearly they don't that's a more of a sign of concern it seemed than maybe some of the other startling offensive statistics for them so we'll see what happens in the turnover battle there yeah I mean Iowa to be nine nothing on this five game win streak I defy anyone to find probably many major college football teams that have gone five straight meetings with the with an annual opponent without turning the ball over once (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just uh, a jaw-dropping, mind-boggling, head-spinning, uh, un- unbelievable sort of stat. And you figure at some point that's going to reverse itself. But, I mean, there, it, it's a function of the way Iowa plays defense, though, in terms of getting the takeaways. You know, they, they sit back. Iowa State does the same thing, but, but not always as well. You know, you, you, you'll let teams drive it a little bit knowing that you're going to make them make a mistake, whether – it's, it's a penalty that make, makes them punt, whether it's a, a turnover that uh, despite a good drive, it, it fizzles out. Um, so, you know, kudos to Iowa for being able to A, play that clean. I mean, Iowa State has had some opportunities in those five games, things ricocheting off two guys, you know, <laughs> possible interceptions. And Iowa's find, you know, Brees Hall, who fumbled maybe twice in his Iowa State career, gives uh, the Hawkeyes a scoop and score a defensive touchdown in last uh, year's meeting. So it's, there's it, it always a, 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 a sense of the unexpected coming to the fore in this game. And, and I'm sure that'll be the case again on Saturday. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Iowa State can finally, again, at least pull even 
in the turnover battle and, and, you know, have a, have a bit of a better chance. Now is the streak something that Iowa state players are really aware of, or is it kind of just another game for them? Well, they're aware of it. And certainly the turnover thing, Anthony Johnson was interviewed yesterday and he was very, he was very close to the vest. Anthony is a very engaging and good talker. He was very uh, succinct. I wouldn't, I, Kurt, it, it, it might not be the right word because it kind of intimates that maybe it's a little bit, uh, I don't know, uh, not nice. Mm-hmm. He was, he just was very matter of fact. And they mentioned the turnover thing and he said, and all he said was, we're aware. <laughs> and uh, uh, the streak is obviously they're aware of too, but obviously they're going to say, you know, all the, cliches we're treating it like every other game and 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 etc 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 and to some degree you sort of have to do that um but there's no doubt it would mean a lot to them you know the, the one team that iowa state plays each season that coach matt campbell hasn't beaten i mean from both from a symbolic standpoint and from this season standpoint it would be a huge win for iowa state with ohio as their last non-conference game and then boom, right into the Big 12 with uh, defending big uh, conference champion Baylor. So they could somehow get out of the gate 2-0. and uh, That enhances a lot of things, streak or no streak. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, yeah, that really would not be a bad position for them to be in. And Iowa, on the flip side, if they win this game, it's reasonable with Nevada on deck and then on the road at Rutgers after that. It's reasonable to expect that a 4-0 Iowa team is possible if they can get past this game. But, of course, it's a little easier said than done with the current quarterback situation. So it should be a great environment, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, Iowa State is doing the old, we'll simulate crowd noise throughout practice and all of that. I mean, I I know that uh, Kinnick is always very loud, uh, especially for this game or a or a big, any big, big 10 game uh, matchup, whether it be Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, um, and all that. But uh, how much can you, you can't simulate it. So all mm-hmm. the guys who are somewhat new to the program that, that, that took some positive strides, kind of showed Campbell and his staff what they can do when the quote-unquote lights come on, even though it's the middle of the afternoon against <laughs> Southeast Missouri State. Um, they're going to have to do it on a whole different level there in Iowa city on Saturday. And, and that's, a, you know, another proven ground, you know, can they stay, can they prevent themselves getting rattled? And, uh, it's that, that's a big if until you've really faced that type of environment. So same goes for hundred Eckers. Yes. He came in and passed for 114 yards and a touchdown when Brock Purdy, uh, struggled again, as a senior in, in last year's Iowa win. Um, so he's got experience, but that's of course in the friendly confines of Jack Christ stadium, not mm-hmm. Kinnick stadium. So a lot of question marks still for week two and so many, uh, so many opportunities for both teams, but obviously both teams uh, with, with varying uh, different question marks to some extent. Oh yeah. You know, it was funny when I was covering the combine back in that was early March, I was thinking, man, they're like losing practically the whole team, it felt like. And there now you start to see who those new faces, obviously some exceptions like Xavier Hutchinson, Will McDonald. But now you're starting to see that next 
wave of players here that can kind of usher in the next era of Iowa State, Iowa games. Yeah, well, what Iowa State hopes, what Campbell hopes is they've established themselves as the baseline is they're a winning program, that they can go seven and five in the regular season. Last season, a lot of self-inflicted wounds in in, in the worst possible moments, Uh, a couple of really bad breaks, uh, bad luck situations. That's all they were able to do in the regular season. And then, of course, uh, a seven-point loss to number 14 Clemson in in that bowl down in Orlando. So um, it's the, the recruiting class rankings have kept going up each season with Campbell and his staff. So I feel that he and his, and, and his assistants have always felt confident that they will have the talent to make up for the loss of the Greg Eisworths, you know, Craig McDonald, I seem young to the transfer portal, Mike Rose, Jay Kummel, uh, any Wazirike, uh, you know, on down the line and offensively, Brees Hall, of course, Brock Purdy winning his quarterback. You know, it's dizzying to think about all that they lost. But then when you look at each level on both sides of the ball, Trevor Downing moves from guard to center, their best offensive lineman. Um, Jirel Brock was as highly rated four-star like Brees Hall when he came in in the same class. Uh, and so it's his turn now. And uh, if, you're, if you're a good program, you do just, it, 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 and, 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 you know, with a few good breaks and a little bit better ex- execution, this could be a big surprise year for them, but it's also going to be a big prove it year in terms of have they really set the program at a standard that's never come close to reaching, which is sustained success it measured by winning seasons over. Now it's five straight seasons, can it be a sixth? And then still fairly early in the game week process here as we record this, but any score prediction you have yet? Whew. I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Um <laughs> I think, I think it's probably, I think it's three points either way. I mean, I could, I think it's, it's a toss up kind of game. If Iowa state continues to, to, to stumble, you know, if Tory Taylor can, can again, dictate field position. I mean, he was the MVP of that game last season. I think uh, then it's going to be really difficult because then Hunter Decker's in his first start at Kinnick stadium is facing long fields all the time. And Iowa's defense is, Hmm. What, what you know going to be a little bit more opportunistic then and uh do you press do you you know you, downing stressed that also he was pretty pretty matter of fact and and, and not long-winded uh just said we've got to make the quarterback comfortable brock Purdy was uncomfortable all of the game last season and uh you know if they can do that if they can keep hunter deckers relatively clean especially early on and maybe they can go down and, and score that's going to be make a huge difference, but that's a big if. And I mean, if they continue to turn the ball over, if they shank punts, you know, uh, you know, miss field goals. I mean, there's lots of things that have gone wrong for them. A lot of times on special teams, then it, it easily goes the other way. But I think in terms of strengths, each team's strengths, it makes an interesting jigsaw puzzle of a game. And now that I say, I think it'll be close and low scoring, you know, watch it be crazy. And one team, wins by a couple touchdowns but uh it it just seems on paper that that's what it's destined to be a a slog of a game now like I don't have much credibility from week one after I thought that Iowa South Dakota State was me 28 17 a little off on that one by let's see 21 points on one side and 14 on the other oh yeah oh yeah 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 14 (laughs) (laughs) it's just a bit off but 
Yeah, I'm at the same boat as you here with field goal game. Like, I'm doing this at my own risk because I still have to do like grocery shopping and be in public in Iowa City as I say this. But right now I'm thinking Iowa State 13, Iowa 10. I think the offensive struggles are something that it's a pretty big red flag and you don't really see the obvious solutions where you usually don't have a quarterback who has significant fundamental problems in week one, all of a sudden just solve them in week two, ta-da, after having months to work on it. But you never know. As you mentioned with Deckers, if he doesn't get comfortable, if you have maybe a false start situation like South Dakota State had, the field position game is big. And Tory Taylor showed that. You mentioned last year's Seahawk game and showed it again in week one with the 10 punts for was it 471 yards or something like almost three times as many yards as Iowa's offense had. So <laughs> and seven inside the only 20. here in the so, big 10 West yeah, and seven inside the 22. So, I mean, who, by the way, just as an aside, who is considered the big 12's best punter? Because I saw he's preseason second team, all big 10. Let's see. Oh, it's Adam. I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Corsic at Rutgers. I just find it's it hard phenomenal. to believe he's better than Tory Taylor, but I mean, okay, that I, the, the 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 people who are you know cover the league uh, must must know, and he must be put up phenomenal numbers too. But I know for for Iowa State fans, the name Tory Taylor strikes fear into their hearts, and for good reason. <laughs> oh yeah, and like it'll be a great punting matchup in a couple weeks between Iowa and Rutgers. And Rutgers, I think, was the only team to send a punter to Big Ten media days. So maybe wow. we'll see that next year at Tory Taylor with his current trajectory. And it's also Tory Taylor's first game that his family will be at since he came to Iowa. So in case Iowa State fans weren't dreading it enough, this game has even more meaning for him. <laughs> so Yeah, that's not uh, – I'm sure that's not – that's not uh, very comforting to the, to the fans in the Cardinal and gold. That's for sure. Yeah. It's funny hearing him talk about his family experiencing San Francisco and then Vegas. So if that's not a cultural awakening, Las Vegas, I don't know what is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Rob, thanks for joining me. Yeah. Good to, good to talk to you, John. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday for, and and to see how I mean our, our predictions will obviously be solidified and and put in the gazette in print so we'll be held to them uh, and we'll probably both be wildly wrong <laughs> and that's just kind of the nature of this game but uh, certainly a fun week certainly uh, a, a great week for fans of both teams in this state and um, again uh, just uh, I hope I hope everyone just tries to enjoy it and not get too. Uh, <laughs> I get too combative with one another. <laughs> and thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. Um, we'll be back with another episode after the game and then again next week. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. 
Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.